This episode is brought to you by Mitragea.com. Mitragea.com offers premium time-tested Kratom products with a proven track record. Not only that, but they provide lab testing and they offer a rewards program that has things like double points Wednesdays. So I'm also a consumer of Kratom and have been for a very long time. It's what actually got me off of prescription pain medication ages ago. And so I always look for a company that has the most transparency about their products. And I've been using this company for years. So I'm really excited that listeners get a chance to try them out. And they have offered listeners a discount code. So if you go on mitragea.com, Listeners can get 10% off if they use the code YHPOD. That's Y-H-P-O-D. If you go on the website, it's M-I-T-R-A-G-A-I-A.com. And use that code on any non-sale item, you'll get 10% off. I will also link this in the show notes. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Crash, and today I am joined by Dr. Pepper Hernandez, naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis consultant. How are you doing today, Dr. Pepper? Can I call you Dr. Pepper or do you prefer Dr. Hernandez? Whatever you would like. Hi, Diana. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm very excited to speak with you. Oh, I know. It's been a long time coming. All right. We are going to start off this episode with a recurring segment, like we do with every episode, and the segment is called Fave Pot, Fave Not Pot, where each of us discuss our current cannabis-related and non-cannabis-related item that we're just, like, really into right now. Um, It doesn't have to be your favorite thing of all time. So (laughs) I'm going to start with my Fave Pot. And like I said, it's not my favorite thing of all time, but it's what I'm really feeling right now. (laughs) And it is flower from Rhythm, um, the company Rhythm, and it's called Purple Punch. And it's really high in limonene and you can even smell it, which is good, right? I mean, you want that. You you want to be able to smell the terpenes. That's the whole point. But um, I'm a big fan of limonene, so I'm really liking this strain right now. I don't even know if that's what we're supposed to call it, right? I, I've been seeing that we're not supposed to call them strains anymore. So flower. I like this flower. What's your fave pot right now? Oh, my gosh. So it's cannabis related. Um, <laughs> is it a consumable or can it be like an idea? Because... It could be whatever you want it to be. Okay. okay. <laughs> every, every day is a different cannabis idea. And right now I've been like dug in to camp- cannabis hyperemesis syndrome, just mm. the idea and those patients, the cannabis patients who are coming to me, speaking with me, and I'm getting interviewed like left and right on this particular topic. And so I think it's more of a topic for me right now than a cannabis product, honestly. Um, and But that's cannabis related. It just happens to be that I feel and hear me out on this because this is a quick little soapbox, but I feel that um, the cannabis hyperemesis syndrome, which for those of you listeners who do not know, that's when someone cannot consume cannabis because they get violently ill, nauseous, headaches, you know, vomiting, all of those things. I'm thinking that it's 
much more related to the chemicals that are used in the growing process and the production process of the edibles or smokables or topicals that a person's using. I 100% agree with you. Everything I've ever done research about regarding um, labs and testing and just, I mean, what we know to be true about what is being passed off to the consumer, um, it's, it seems like that has to be the answer to it, right? I mean, that doesn't have to be. I shouldn't say that definitively, but it really does seem to me like it is the chemicals and the other unknowns, but yeah. I, I agree with you still there. more to find out, I guess. <laughs> That's why I'm very big on pro-cultivation, small home mm-hmm. grows, as well as legacy farmers and supporting local, growing organic, and all those things, which we'll get into later. So, Yes, and but if we can't get your own home grow, like if you don't have access to growing it at home, which I don't because it's not legal in Maryland, so... You know, I've tried to make space for that as well. But I think that, like you said, when you don't have direct control over it, I mean, you just don't know. You don't know what you're putting into your body, right? Agreed. My fave not pot, switching gears, um, I am going to pick a television show because why not? Because we all need something to escape for a little bit with or to we need some kind of entertainment to escape. I don't know if this is really an escapism type of thing, but it's um, a historical drama called Gentleman Jack on HBO. And uh, I'm just going to read the description because it's really hard to explain. But it's set in the 1830s Yorkshire. And um, it's about a landowner and industrialist named Ann Lister, who apparently is a real person. Um, the series is based on the collected diaries of her, and it's really interesting. Um, it documents a lifetime of lesbian relationships, but the main character, the person they're referring to, is fucking all gender stereotypes and gender roles, and so I love that. And <laughs> it's really a good show. It, there's a lot of space in between the first and second season, but if you haven't watched it yet, it doesn't really matter now. Um, but the second season just premiered on HBO. So yes, if you like period dramas, <laughs> check that one out. So what's your fave not pot right now? My fave not pot right now is probably van life. Um, <laughs> I love van life. I watch videos. I have been watching videos for two years now. I manifested a van a year ago for road travel and to get to and from speaking events and educational events. And uh, I love it. Oh, so you're in the van, you're saying. Like you have a van now. <laughs> not, I'm, I'm not in one right this moment. <laughs> I am actually in a beautiful home in Santa Fe where I'm going to be for a month because I'm working here uh, doing a chakra series for seven weeks. So I'm doing that. But In between locations, because I travel quite a bit, um, I have a built-out ProMaster Dodge Ram 2-2500. Not to sound too geeky, but (laughs) it is lovely. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should go and YouTube Van Life or go over to Pinterest and uh, look them up. 
Mine is completely decked out. It is so cute on the inside, and it literally looks like a Pinterest van life van. Oh, nice. I'm, I, I'm one of those people. And it has, like, a bed and a refrigerator and a compost toilet, like, everything you would need in, like, a very small space. Uh, plus, it's also – I'm able to drive it because, you know, it's it's a little bit smaller. So it's not – it's kind of like RV living, but just on a kind of a more poshy mm-hmm. level. I just love it. And I manifested it a year ago, and so I purchased it shell. There was nothing inside. And um, a few friends of mine who had built them before kind of helped me out. And weekend by weekend, you know, we'd work during the week. Both He and I were both both physicians. We would work during the week and then we'd meet up on the weekends and like build this van out. So it has – we did all the electric, all the plumbing, all the woodwork. I mean, yeah, it's really cool. I have a ton of photos over on my IG and on my FB. Oh, well, I'm excited to check out this Pinterest board. (laughs) I mean, that sounds really like something that I would love to do at some point in my life. It scares some people. Like it scares the living daylights out of some people, but those others who are like super nomadic. And I'm just so grateful that that shift, the pandemic, the COVID issue, like was so good to me. I like shifted to be able to have more access because I went online with a lot of patients, wow. uh, cannabis patients and students. And so I actually, it, it propelled me into more of a nomadic lifestyle. I still have a private practice out in Humboldt County, um, California, but it, it's, it's just really opened uh, a huge door for me to travel. And so I needed a van. That's amazing. I love that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Switching gears a little bit. uh, We talk about accessibility in healthcare a lot on this show and how naturopathic medicine should be more available to everyone. I know from writing about it that there is a lot to understand about the naturopathic practice. And it isn't as simple as using plant medicine alone. It involves a very detailed intake, a very thorough workup, and extensive follow-through that is not seen in mainstream Western medicine. Can you explain what a naturopath does for those who don't know? Oh, goodness, Diana. This is is very broad. Um, Every naturopath is different, just like every MD is different. each naturopath is, you know, dialed in or geeks out, if you will, on a particular sphere of medicine. But for the most part, um, I can speak of myself. I am very much holistic. I look at the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional components of wellness. And that's very well-rounded. Not all naturopaths um, do all of those things. So again, you know, do your research, check them out, see what they're doing in their reality. But an example of naturopathic medicine, if someone's just scouting that out specifically, more than likely they'll find that, um, naturopathic practitioner to do things having to do with dietary changes, lifestyle changes. Um, people would go to them for like stress reduction herbs and supplementation, which is what you had mentioned, um, homeopathy, there may be exercise therapy or talk therapy, uh, practitioner-guided detoxification, 
or even elimination diets, like choosing the right diet for someone depending on their goal. even psychotherapy and counseling. I mean, there's so much in a naturopathic medicine tool bag, but you just have to find out what that particular practitioner is um, really passionate about and dials into and see how many years they have in their practice. You know, that's going to tell you a lot about their education. Mm-hmm. So not every naturopath is going to approach it holistically or as holistically as others, maybe. I mean, the idea is that you look at it more in that way, but for the most part, a a typical naturopath, if it's a traditional naturopath, they're just blending traditional medicines and conventional healthcare. So you want to go and find someone who has uh, maybe trained traditionally and um, also maybe classically, meaning they've chosen a lot of different realms to do their research in. That's why the 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 older the naturopath or the one who has the more years of study typically is going to have a broader spectrum, just like anything else, right? Right. Absolutely. So you recently wrote a fascinating article about cannabis and the nervous system for herbage. Did I even say that correctly? Herbage. Right? Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> yeah, I've written for, I write for like six publications, but I did yeah. write that one recently. Yes. Yes, you do. I <laughs> I have looked through every, well, as much as I was able to read. Um, I know there is a lot to unpack, but could you summarize how cannabis can help with neuropathy? This is a great question. There's a lot of research done specifically on particular cannabinoids within the cannabis plant. So what we have to understand is the cannabis plant, like any other plant, such as like basil or lavender, what have you, they all have terpenes, um, which are the aroma, and they have medicinal properties. Cannabis itself has not only terpenes, but it also has cannabinoids. And cannabinoids actually help with the central nervous system. Plenty of research done. Go over to PubMed, check that out, um, or look at anyone's, um, you know, articles or or, or whatnot who have referenced resources. So. Mm-hmm. When cannabis helps the nervous system, how does it do that? It actually does that through easing pain and inflammation and controlling seizures, spasms, and such. Now, I'm writing on that one particular article because I've had seizures for the last 20 years, and I use cannabis to do so. But it's not just any cannabis. I have to dial in, or I've had to over the last 20 years, dial in the correct cannabinoids flavonoids, terpenes, and application and dosage method for myself. And that's what I geek out in. So that's what I've spent the last decade doing for myself, writing articles and doing with other people is finding that five pieces, which I call the cannabis fingerprint, in order to help with a particular person's body system. Now, to get even geekier and deeper into that, how does it actually work with the nervous system? Our body has an endocannabinoid system and without having, and I'm not saying cannabis is the only thing, I'll mention a couple things in a moment, but without having cannabinoids to help balance homeostasis within the body, the body's nervous system is really misfiring. So that can lead towards not only spasms, but seizures or uncomfortability, anxiety, uh, PTSD, stress, all of those kind of indicators. 
So if you find a cannabis, just for those listeners, just, you know, this is a broad statement here with a small liability. Not all cannabis works for everyone, but if they were wanting to start looking into it, they could look, this is what I did specifically, and this is what I use. I went in looking at just juicing the leaves of cannabis. And then on top of that, utilizing cannabis that was in coconut oil as extracted cannabis that um, was from a particular two different uh, cannabis cultivars or strains, as you had mentioned, in order to cultivars. help with the nervous system. <laughs> it's cultivars. Yeah. I know. I was like, I know I'm not saying it right. I am always missing the word, the right word of the moment, but yeah. <laughs> So I chose, no, no, no. So I chose cultivars that were high in CBD and high in CBG, which are cannabinoids that that are non-psychoactive. And then also chose a terpene linalool, which is also in lavender. So it's very calming and relaxing for the nervous system. So not only do those receptor cells absorb any cannabinoids that are brought into the body to create homeostasis. But now also I'm dialing deeper into that and looking at the terpenes that actually relax the body and which of those cannabinoids relax the body. If I were to do high THC smokable concentrate that also had say um, limonene or terpeniol, that would send me the other direction. So it wouldn't help my nervous system. But with that, with that combination that I found works really well for me. And then on top of that, uh, utilizing magnesium in all of its forms. So someone could actually contact you and you can help them pick out their perfect fingerprint for their body. Like with the, all the things that you just said, the five fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's... That's what I have been doing for, you know, close to a decade now. Um, And I mean, this was way before, I mean, because I've been practicing the last decade in Humboldt County where some of the best weed in the whole entire world is grown locally, organic, full sun. And so I've been able to, to kind of have a maybe a step forward in the, on sure. that path because I've been able to, to have that research right there at my fingertips. So yes. The answer is yes. I will help someone guide them uh, depending on their location and what they have available. But at I least love the that education. Just, right. I just love that you added that because I was just going to ask that very thing. I mean, it is so different depending on where you are. Um, because what you're saying just sounds like heaven, you know. But here, <laughs> it, we are eons away from that in Maryland. So, um if but ever, really, because, you know, <laughs> the full this sun is the exciting thing. I don't know thing. if it's going to happen here anytime soon. But anyway. This is, yeah, this is the exciting thing, Diana, though, is that I have patients, uh, cannabis patients around the world, and I can suggest them something like a very whole plant extract CBD which for the farm bill is completely legal, but the cultivars that were made for this CBD product could be the highest cultivars with the best terpenes and the best cannabinoids. So it's legal to ship, but it's real cannabis. It's not isolated compounds of CBD or just, you know, the stalks of a hemp plant or something like that. I mean, it's real, it's real cannabis that has, I think it's point 
3% THC under that is legally um, available to ship in the United States. So there are products like that. It's just like people have yeah. to be aware of them. Uh, but there are plenty of things like that. And there's a lot of good can um, hemp products out there too. You just have to know which ones actually work and which ones don't. Uh, anything, side note here, anything isolated compounds, um, you know, major distillate kind of things, just kind of avoid that and look more towards the whole plant, just the way nature intended it. That's all. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think that broad spectrum and full spectrum, uh, whatever you can do, full plant, whole plant, right? <laughs> that is the goal, but it sometimes isn't always accessible. But like you said, with the hemp bill, there are a lot of really great companies out there offering um, whole plant products. So can you talk about how cannabis plays into your work as a nutritionist? Oh, yeah, if we haven't already kind of touched on that. Yeah, already. I was just going to say you did just really um, did talk about it a lot, but <laughs> um you don't It's a good way juicing. to wrap it around. Right, yeah, yeah, it's a good way to wrap it around for sure. I don't think that cannabis is the only thing, but I have been a, you know, a raw foodist in my life for a decade. I've been a nutritionist, a raw vegan, um for life plant nutritionist for a very long time. And so I always look for plants as healing in any way possible because the universe has um, blessed me with so many, you know, I wouldn't say challenges. I would say more like obstacles to overcome health wise yes. in, you know, in my four decades of life. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been able to manage to, and I'm not knocking pharmaceuticals because they are extremely handy when needed. And I appreciate that realm of the world as well. Um, but I've been able to find what I needed in a natural space. And so as a nutritionist, it is what it is. It's nourishing the body mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Now, I'm not a dietitian. Right, I don't make a diet for someone, and they have to have this amount of you know carbs and this much eggs or dairy. What? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about truly nourishing the physical body and soul. That is really impactful. I mean, it's something I'm still learning, and I have Crohn's disease, so I really am very interested in in what you're talking about. And I know that hopefully someday I'll be able to incorporate cannabis leaves into my diet more. But I know that that's the next step. <laughs> doing things like juicing uh, and things like that. Yeah. When you have that available, you know, when you can grow your own organic leaves. I was lucky enough to be, like I said, in a space six years ago or maybe eight years ago now. This is before C the C CBD fad is what I call it. This is before we knew anything about CBD. We just knew different cultivars that were grown and I knew which ones I liked to consume and which ones I did not. Now I'm big into non-psychoactives, but there is a place for psychoactivity, you know, end of life care, chronic illness, those kind of things. Um, but for me, I was running a practice there. I was teaching classes. I was doing my life and there was no way I could use uh, THC for the illness that I had manifested. I had what I call the cancer scare. And so what I did was I just went to farms, friends, farms who I knew were organic, 
who loved their plants and fruits and vegetables, and they were growing them all synergistically together. And I just asked if I could start juicing them and eating them because I was already a juicer. I I had been a raw foodist for a decade before that. So I was used to juicing. And so they allowed me to have that. And I can happily say that in, I believe it was six to eight months, whenever I went back to, I had gotten, you know, a a semi-diagnosis. I got my blood work done. It was visually there for me, but I didn't want to diagnose myself or allow myself to believe that that was what was going to happen because there's such a stigma around the C word. And here I am a naturopath, like helping other people through that, uh, using cannabis. And it just, there's no way it should have happened to me is what I thought in the moment, but it was more than I ideal because I got to walk the talk, um, as they would say, or something, something like that, whatever that phrase is. Yeah. And, um, I juiced and six to eight months later, my CA 125 indicators were, um, nothing compared to what they had been. And I had been able to move through just with juicing the cannabis plant alone, non-psychoactively. I was able to move through that cancer scare with no radiation and no chemotherapy and no, um, you know, synthetic bioavailable hormones that they were going to suggest that I was going to have later. I mean, the whole treatment plan that multiple physicians who were colleagues um, had put out for me, I avoided all of it. That is incredible. I don't know. I think I was a little bit, I'm so glad that I was so naive. Right. And and I was so headstrong because yeah. I'm not certain if I could do the same now um, because there was – maybe so because there right. was no support. No yeah. one I knew had no, done it no. back then. You know, no one I had known ever had done anything like that back then. And I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell a single soul what I was going through because – and not even my – I don't even think I told my family. I just just did it. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Um, and it's also so powerful because when you have someone who is helping you with your health, who has been through something like that, it just is a completely different experience that I can't even put into words. But as a person who has autoimmune diseases, I can't state enough how much it really moves me when I meet people like you who are really like, like you said, you're doing the work. You are walking the walk and talking the talk and doing it all. And so that is amazing. Um, and in that vein, you have the Cannabis Holistic Institute. Can you talk about that? Oh, thank you so much for asking about it. Um, it's it's such a precious thing that I am devoted all of my time to. It's about educating individuals um, specifically the healthcare professionals on how to go about cannabis as medicine and how to look at it and how to scientifically d- dissect it, if you will. And the, uh, you know, we created the program back in 2012 and, uh, out of Humboldt County, I was, like I said, I was practicing, I have private private practice there. And I gathered a lot of physicians and colleagues and people who I thought would benefit from cannabis knowledge. And I 
asked the farmers who had been working with this plant for decades, sometimes generations, to come into town, come into our little small town, come into my office and teach us about cannabis. Uh, And it kind of, that's how it began. It was 12 students. We had 12 teachers that came in from the hills. And these were people who were either legacy farmers. uh, They hadn't transitioned into the market yet. They were sharing information with us. Uh, It was a very, you know, in some cases it was very tight knit and, and quiet because these people didn't you know, you don't talk about back then, you know, over a decade ago, you didn't talk about cannabis openly, more or less how, you know, pro cannabis, like you did, but it was just, it was rare. Even here, you don't talk about it openly. I mean, it's in Maryland, you don't talk about it openly. Isn't it so strange? It's go back to where it is, where you are, you know, it's like, yeah, to think that even in California, it was so kind of, um, taboo still even a few years ago in California. <laughs> well, I think I think the only piece in California a decade ago would have been taboo was if you weren't doing it legally. Right. If you weren't growing it legally cuz everybody was in cannabis in some way shape or form. Everybody. Uh whether you talked about it was a whole different thing. So that that was you know that was how the program was created in meditation one day the universe just dropped cannabis holistic institute name it was like a name drop from the universe and i was like okay like what do i do with this and so that's kind of how it began and now um we're very very selective of the students that we bring in because the first few years it was for physicians only and then we chose to bring in nurse practitioners and holistic health practitioners um and then students from my holistic health practitioner program we'd bring over and then in the last couple years due to a a surge um, in internet usage, we chose to kind of open it up to people who were in the cannabis industry who wanted to make a difference for the betterment of the medicine, you know. And so we have under 100 students, but it's because I handpick them and I only choose about 10 a year, um, sometimes 12, depending. We have some international students who've been handpicked. And the reason we do this is because I want everyone to learn from one another. And it's more of a network uh-huh. than just a uh, get a piece of paper and, and move forward uh, because there's 30, 30 courses, there's live feeds. We're over on Clubhouse. If anybody wants to check us out, it's free to go over there. We're over on YouTube. All that content is free. Um, we're just, we're trying to hit a lot of platforms for giving out free content. And we choose students who want to then become speakers and educators because it's really about getting that momentum and movement happening. So it's a, it's an awesome thing. I love that it's taken on its own life and that I just kind of listen to the universe guiding me to bring these people together. Um, and yeah, I guess it's a, Without saying too much more, people can go over and and check out my website for information on the school um, and how we go about the interview process and, yeah. and moving forward and stuff like that. 
So you're not going to teach a class on this podcast episode is what you're saying? <laughs> no. But thank you. I will if you'd like me to. I'd love to come back. <laughs> and people can see me. I'm all over the place. So people can see me teaching classes and speaking all over the interwebs if right. they'd like. And, and in that in that very uh, – I'm <clears throat> sorry. I'm just coughing while I was trying to talk. So to that point is what I was trying to say. <laughs> Um, before we go, how can the cannabis community best support you, both professionally and personally? Like you just said, you have a lot going on, so I know there's probably a whole list. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for asking that. That's really kind. And, you know, just sharing the positivity, just staying open to cannabis, um, doing your research, um, that can that can really support me in the long run because you're helping other people around you and that's the whole piece there uh to support me professionally you can you know check into any of my articles or my content you can give it a like a follow whatever that's digital currency that is free to you and means a lot to me uh i've got a couple podcasts that people kind of dig around and look for, which is kind of fun. But I have a quantum alignment podcast where we talk to healers from around the world on how to get more aligned to their highest self, mental, physical, spiritual, emotionally. Uh, I have a couple cannabis podcasts over on iHeart. So yeah, you can find me. You can find me. And that would be so great. I'd be so grateful. And people looking for me specifically can go to drpepperhernandez.com or anywhere on the social media platforms at Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Awesome. I love how you just put that spin on, like, a very positive spin on the fact that people have to look for your podcast. <laughs> to do some searching. To well, work for it. <laughs> if, if they want to. I've got so many out there being interviewed by a ton of people, but then I have my personal three, you know, uh. camera. Conversations in Cannabis, Destiny is over on iHeart. But yeah, you got to do a little bit of searching. Okay. They're on iTunes. They're on iHeart. They're out there. Um, but yeah, they've got a small audience. But it's 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 quite fun to have an intimate connection with people. Nice. I'm going to check those out when we're done. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming in, onto the show today and sharing your knowledge and being so patient uh, with me over <laughs> the last several tries. But I'm just so glad that we finally got this done and you're welcome to come back at any point. You just ask me and I will be here anytime, Diana. And, you know, we were trying to connect during Mercury retrograde. And so I was just taking nice deep breaths and just understanding that it was going to happen when it's going to happen. And you know what? Third time's the charm. And I think we did a good job today. So congratulations. You did awesome. You. So did you. <laughs> Until next time, stay high and beautiful. Bye.